One of the things that is mentioned in the Bible that is rarely ever talked about is the phenomenon called the sea of glass. It is mentioned in the Bible several places, one place by specific name and in other places by description. Most religions don't know or say anything about it, and so it's shrouded in mystery and uncertainty and it's shunned and ignored. But today what I would like to do is to pull back the curtain on the sea of glass mentioned in the Bible so we can better understand it. And it is indeed a fascinating and interesting subject. Now tomorrow is Sunday, May the 28th, 2023, and it is a day identified in the Bible as the day of Pentecost. And it represents the resurrection to spirit of life of those who died in the faith. When they are resurrected, they will become the spiritual bride of Christ known as the church in a wedding ceremony. This event, along with other events, will be taking place on the sea of glass. So what is this mysterious sea of glass? Well, we're going to begin our study, uh, give you a little head start here in 1 Kings chapter 7. And if you're using the authorized version, which is the version that I'm using, it's on page 440. So we're going to begin this study by going to the Old Testament and the tabernacle of the Old Testament to an item in the tabernacle that represented the sea of glass. The sea of glass was designed by God himself and the blueprint he gave to King David to give to his son, King Solomon, to build. Now, the tabernacle was a physical representation on earth of God's dwelling place in heaven. But first, let's take a close look at this item that is a physical representation on earth in the tabernacle that represented the sea of glass itself. So we'll take a look at that object first, and after that we'll take a look at the sea of glass itself and see how they are related. So First Kings chapter 7, the time setting is about 966 to 967 BC when Solomon was actually building the, the tabernacle. So beginning here in verse 23, 1 Kings 7, And he, Solomon that is, made a molten sea. And there it is, your first clue, hidden in plain sight, an item in the tabernacle that represented the sea of glass. Now this item was a metal container that contained lots of water to be used in the service of the tabernacle by the priests, mainly for them washing themselves and so on. So continuing on here in verse 23, 10 cubits, it measured 10 cubits from brim to brim all around. So that's in diameter. It was 15 feet in diameter. And its height was five cubits, that's seven and a half feet. And a line of 30 cubits went around it. So it had a complete diameter of about 45 feet. And under its brim were ornamental buds, go, buds 
going all around it, 10 in a cubic going all around the sea. And there were two lines of these actually. Now, this is where it's going to start to get really interesting with the symbolism and the significance to its counterpart in heaven. So you, ha you have to remember some of these items because they, re they are physical representations of the actual spiritual thing. Verse 25, it stood upon 12 oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. And the sea, this item, was set on top of these. And all their backs were pointed inward. So these 12 oxen were in a circle and they were all facing all directions. Now the back, the, the sea actually wasn't set upon their direct backs. It was set upon a platform that went on their backs, but you get the idea. Verse 26, and it was a hand's breadth thick. So this is four inches, a hand's breadth, approximately four inches of solid metal. And its brim was fashioned like the brim of a cup with a bud of a lily. Now, I just went out to the garden and picked from my wife's garden. This is a lily, and this is a bud of a lily. So I'm not sure if it was shaped like this here, where it just kind of scooped out like, like that, or if it was just tight like this. But either way, it would be a very beautiful design. Right? Continuing on here in verse 26, and it contained 2,000 baths. A bath in the Old Testament was, is equal to about five and a half gallons today. So 2,000 baths would be equal to 12,000 gallons, which is the same amount of water that is in a 15 foot by 30 foot swimming pool. So let us skip through some of the other details here so we can get through this and pick it up here in verse 29. And on the borders that were between the ledges, so in this contraption that was built, um, were lions, oxen, and cherubim that were either painted on or embedded on or molded on to the sea of, to the sea of glass, um, representing animals and angels. Verse 30, and the one base, so it is said this whole thing, the oxen and everything, is set upon a base, and the base had four wheels, continuing on here in verse 30, four bronze wheels and axles of bronze. Verse 33, and the work of the wheels was like the work of a chariot wheel. Their axles and their rims and their hub and their spokes were all cast. So if you were standing there in the tabernacle looking at this item, first of all, it's a very huge and gigantic, humongous item. Okay? It's, first of all, it's seven and a half feet tall, but it, it was set on the backs of the oxen, and then the oxen was set on a base, and then the base had wheels, so it was elevated way in the air. But it was stunningly beautiful. And because of the wheels and the animals that were at the bottom of it, it portrayed portability. It could be moved from place to place. And when it was filled with the water, if you were able to get to the top of it and look across it, especially on a windless day, it probably literally looked like a sea of glass. 
Okay. So that's the item in the tabernacle that represented the sea of glass. And now we're going to take a look at the real thing, the real sea of glass that is mentioned in the scriptures. So we're going to do that in Ezekiel chapter 1. Here it is not mentioned by name, even though we will take a place where it's mentioned by name. It's mentioned by description. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 1. And verse 1, And it came to pass in the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I, Ezekiel, was among the captives by the river Kevad, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Now he wasn't just seeing visions that God gave him, he was seeing God himself, visions of God himself. And we'll need to come back to this to clarify at the end that why it is that he was actually seeing God himself. Now let's drop down to verse 4. And I looked, and behold, a windstorm. Please remember this and all these individual items that will be mentioned, because they are all related to the sea of glass, as we see the sea of glass in different places. Okay? And I looked, and behold, a windstorm came out of the north, a great cloud, same thing, with fire flashing forth continually, and a brightness all around coming out of its midst, like the color of sparkling amber out of the midst of the fire. And verse 5, And also out of its midst came the likeness of four living creatures. Now we're beginning to see the creatures. And they represent the animals and angels that were embedded in the sea of glass in the tabernacle. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. So these were angels, and you know they had the likeness of a man, but they also had different faces, and then it continues to describe it in the following verses. I encourage you to read those verses because it's very interesting reading. But let's drop down to verse 9. Their wings were joined together. They did not turn in their going. Each one went straight forward. So you had four angels, probably one in each direction. Their wings touched, and they did not, whenever they moved, they moved forward whichever direction that angel was facing. Now let's skip to verse 14. And the living creatures kept running back and forth like the appearance of a flash of lightning. Verse 15. And as I looked at the living creatures, as he's standing there looking at this, now up to this point, he could only see the bottom part of this object as it approached him. Because remember, uh, this, the actual sea of glass was very tall. And so this item, he's only looking at the activity underneath the object, not the top yet. We'll get to that in a moment. And behold, it continues, one wheel was on the earth beside the living creatures, so there were four living creatures, so there were four wheels with its four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their workmanship was the color of beryl, and the four of them had the same likeness, and their appearance and their workmanship was like a wheel inside of a wheel. Now, as we get into verse 17, we're going to see how this object moved, okay? Because remember, in the Old Testament, it portrayed portability. Verse 17, And when they went, they went on their four sides, and they did not turn when they moved. That's why the oxen was placed in a circle showing it could go in any direction. So when this object was moving, 
If it was to go north, it would it would go north. If it wanted to go south, it wouldn't turn and go south like we would in a car. It would just go south because you had four angels in each direction and they went in whichever direction the angel was point, pointing. Verse 18, and their rims looked like this. They were high, they were even awesome, and their rims were full of eyes all around the four of them. And when the living creatures, verse 19, moved, the wheels moved with them like in a car. And when the living creatures were lifted from the earth, the wheels were lifted up with them like in an airplane. Verse 20, and wherever the spirit was to go, there they went. For there the spirit was to go, and the wheels were lifted up along with them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. So, so these spiritual be beings are what powered this object. Okay, now he's going to get into the view of the top of the object as, as it's approaching him. Now, I don't know whether in the vision the, the, the object dipped down so he can see on top of it or whether he was raised up. But he says in verse 22, verse 22, and there was a likeness over their heads, that's over the heads of the animals and the angels that were carrying the sea of gas. Now he's looking on top of it, of the living creatures, and he saw an expanse, a great expanse, like a sea. And he continues on here, like the color of awesome crystal, like glass, like a sea of glass stretched out over their heads from above. Now verse 26. And from above the expanse, now he's going to see what's sitting on the sea of glass that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, like sapphire stone. And on the likeness of the throne was a likeness as the appearance of a man above it. Now as we mentioned, in, as he mentioned in the beginning, he wasn't seeing the likeness of a man, so let's get that clear. He was actually seeing God himself. And I, verse 27, And I saw him appearing as the color of polished bronze, like fire within it all around, from the likeness of his loins even upward, and from the likeness of his loins even downward. I saw him looking like fire, and there was brightness all around him. Verse 28, as the rainbow appears that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of his brightness all around. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. And again, it's not a likeness of the glory of God, because that's what you tend to read when you read the English, but you're actually seeing the glory of God. Okay? And I saw, and I fell on my face, because you don't bow before anyone but God, not even angels. And I fell on my face, and I heard a voice of one speaking. So there he was, seeing the sea of glass, with all the activity underneath it, and all the activity on top of it. And you can see the similarity with the animals, the angels, and then the sea of glass uh, in the tabernacle. And here with the actual sea of glass, you can see the the similarities, you know, the sea of glass in the tabernacle was being carried by animals and angels. So in one situation, you have the physical sea of glass in the tabernacle, and in the other side, you have actual sea of glass is a spiritual sea of glass that he saw in the book of Genesis. Now, I 
was going to look at another sea of glass in the book of Exodus, but I won't. We'll skip that, but I'll mention the scripture where you can look at it. What we just looked at was a, the, the uh, sea of glass by description in the book of uh, Ezekiel. Now let us look at the sea of glass that is actual by name in the book of Revelation, and we'll turn to Revelation 4 to get that. And uh, I'll quickly mention uh, about the uh, other sea of glass while you're turning to Revelation. Remember when God told Moses he's going to come down upon the mountain of Sinai? And when he came down, he was to come up with the elders, and and when they went up to the top of the mountain, they saw smoke and fire and lightning, and they also saw God on a sea of glass. So God came down to them on a sea of glass. Let me give you the scriptures you can turn to. Exodus chapter 19. You can scribble these down if you have a pen. Exodus chapter 19, verses 19-11, verses 16-18, through 18, and Exodus 24, where it, they actually declare that they saw God on a sea of glass. Now, we're going to look at Revelation chapter 4. This is a sea of glass mentioned by name. And after this, we'll summarize what we're learning. Revelation chapter 4, and this is John speaking, and he says in verse 1, And after these things I looked, and behold, a door opened in heaven. And the first voice, the first voice that I heard was as if a trumpet was speaking with me. So this is probably an angel. Come up here, and I will show you the things that must take place after these. And immediately I was in the Spirit, so he was brought up in the Spirit, to uh, to what he was about to see here. And behold, he continues here in verse 2, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. So he's seeing it from the top, and one setting on the throne. And look at, look at some of the things that are associated with the sea of glass here. Verse 5, let's drop down to verse 5. And proceeding from the throne were lightnings and thunders. These things you get in a windstorm, right? at least physically, the way we see it and the way we know it, and voices, and seven lamps of fire, which are the seven spirits of God, there you have the fire, were burning before the throne. And before the throne was a sea of glass, like crystal. And around the throne and over the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes before and behind. So you have two pictures here. Actually, you have three pictures. You have the sea in the tabernacle. Then you have the sea of glass in Ezekiel chapter 1 in vision. And then you have the sea of glass in Revelation chapter 4 that John saw. So let's stop here today and let's summarize or see what we've learned from these scriptures. What these scriptures reveal. And there are six things that I do want to point out, and these are supported by Scripture, so there is no speculation here. But after I address these things, I just want to address five things that came to my mind, some of them questions, as I was doing this study, which I w when we get to that, I will mention what they are. So number one, the sea of glass is associated with wind, thunder, lightning, clouds, fire, and smoke. So uh, these lightnings and thunders when they were in uh, coming out of Egypt that they saw wasn't really on the people, it was on the throne of God. Number two, 
The sea of glass is portable and can move from place to place. That's pretty cut and dried. Number three, in different places and at different times, the sea of glass is associated with different spiritual creations or angels or in the form of animals. So you see it in one place with a certain set of animals. You see it in another place with a certain set of angels and animals and in other places as well. Number four, it is stunningly beautiful to behold. Both the physical one and I can't imagine the physical one. The most beautiful place in the universe has to be God's throne. Number five, it is constituted of a clear and level substance, much like the substance identified in Revelation 21 verse 21, where it says, and the streets of the city, referring to the holy city that is to come down in the future, was pure gold, as transparent as glass. It seems to be, have been made of that, uh, a similar substance like that. And finally, verse 6, God was seen on his throne on the sea of glass. So these six items are supported by scripture. There is no speculation here. Now, I would like to enter into five items that I thought of as I was doing this study. And these are speculations. I ring the bell to note that because the scripture doesn't say these things, but it was deduced from my study related to these things. So I want to make it, make, make a clear differentiation here. Please don't hold this as scripture, but they do make uh, some sense. So number one, my speculation. God uses the sea of glass as a platform to conduct business in different places when necessary. Okay? We saw it on, um, we saw it on Mount Sinai. We saw it with Ezekiel. We saw it in heaven, right? Number two. God may have at his disposal more than one sea of glass for different purposes. Because in different places, in different places, we see them with different animals and different angels. So it is quite possible that he may have different uh, sea of glasses for different purposes. Now, I have the next three items are what if questions. What if in Exodus chapter 13 and verse 2, where God is leading the Israelites out of Egypt, because it says in Exodus chapter 13 verse 2, the Lord went before them in a pillar of cloud, and that's one of the things that's associated with the sea of glass, and a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night. Fire is associated by, with uh, the sea of glass. So was God leading them on a sea of glass, and these things are the only things that they were allowed to see? My next what-if question, number four, what if the chariots of fire in Second Kings chapter 2 and verse 11 that scooped Elijah up from the earth was a sea of glass? Because some of the things mentioned there in Second Kings chapter 2 and verse 11 a fire, it's called a chariots of fire. It came in a windstorm, right? It wheels were seen and horses were seen. 
So could that have been a sea of glass? Eh. I think it was, but again, that's just my speculation. And finally, what if when Christ was taken up into the heavens, when he was last seen by the apostles in Acts chapter 1 and verse 9, where they saw him rise up from the earth, and the last thing they saw him was on a cloud, was that cloud a sea of glass? Because a cloud is associated with the sea of glass. And wouldn't that make more sense than a, a vapor cloud? I personally think it was a sea of glass. Again, my opinion, speculation. So those are just some very interesting things to think about, but also some very interesting things that the Bible actually pointed out about the sea of glass. Right? Now I ask you, is it so hard to believe such a spiritual means of transportation exists? If that's difficult for you to, to believe, then you probably wouldn't believe that there were cars in the New Testament. Because in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, and you can go check it out for yourself, it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord. And we know who makes accord? It's the Honda Motor Corporation. So with that hopefully humorous ending, I would like to wish you all a good rest of the day and may God bless you.